repeat cycle. Yeah. Uh-huh. Is, is that the most disappointing thing? What's the most disappointing thing that you know, of this that thus is, far? That is, for me, that was, I, I was, I was expecting, now, the trip's not over, but. Sure. But, I had, I had seen people who had been on the street for 25, 30 years. And their cycle was wake up, get five bucks, get a hit, go back to the street, get five bucks, get a hit. Jim, Jim, were you able? You mentioned being a Christian. Were you able to share God's word? Um, no. With them, no. Didn't want no. to hear. Yeah. Wasn't appropriate. No. It, it was, the closest I came. The closest I came. I mean. You know, ATL said he was a Christian and he believed in God as our Savior. Jesus was our Savior and he turned to Jesus. But he didn't turn to Jesus to, I mean, it, he didn't turn to Jesus to save him from drugs. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I never really felt like I was in a position to talk about Jesus, Lord, our Savior. And I but, never but, got that close. But through your hands, through your hope, or like you said earlier, the hope in somebody's eyes, were they able to see some hope in your eyes? There was one conversation, and thank you for asking. There was one conversation with one guy. Uh-huh. And we had a, we had probably a 20-minute conversation before, before I put him on camera so that he could trust me. Mm, yeah. And then he kind of laid out his entire soul on camera. Wow. And then afterwards he goes, he actually looked at me and goes, oh, my God, why am I on the street? I don't have to be on the street. I can get off the street tomorrow. Jim, what's this guy's name and, and what part of the video is that on? Um, or is that produ- is that up yet? It's not up yet. Okay. Um, he was very, very quiet, so I have to do a lot of editing to yeah. bring his voice up. A lot of these guys were really quiet. It was like they were whispering to the camera. And so all the interviews, I have to bring their voice up through editing. Uh, but his name was Larry. God, I hope I'm right. I'll post it in the morning. I'll send you a link. We, we love the link. We'll put it up for our, for our listeners then and there viewers. Was, there was another guy named Joshua that I did post. Um we actually spent the better half of four hours together. Four hours, wow. And we really got to know each other, and he really didn't want to be on the street. Hey, where was that one? Uh, was that in Santa that Monica? That was on Venice Beach. Venice, that okay. On, that was in Santa Monica. Oh, it was Santa Monica. Was that one of the left guys, left side of the, of the line? Left-siders the right, or right-siders? Right <laughs> was he a druggie also, too, or did he kind of have a conscience... No, I don't think he was as much of a druggie, but he did do some drugs, but I don't think he was as, as totally addicted yeah, to drugs. But yeah. he wanted off the streets, so, and he was working for a living, and the only reason I helped him out is he came up, and he offered me hand-rolled cigarettes. I'm like, well, at least you're offering me something, so I'll give you some money. Yeah. Um, you know, because most of the time, they, you know, it's just, hey, give me money. Yeah, there wasn't any... And you just want to look at him with this dead look in your face, like, why? But his name was Joshua. He's a handsome dude. Um, I think he wants a way off the street. 
uh, and I think he's working to get off the street. And then this other guy, God, I gotta, I tried to pull his name. I think it's Larry. He wanted off the street. He was very articulate. Yeah. Just, it just amazed me how articulate some of these people could be. You know, you're, you're sitting there talking to him, going, "You're a normal person. Why are you doing this?" Um, that was very frustrating for me. Even though you didn't, uh, you didn't convey that to him, but yet you're thinking in the back of your mind, you know, hey, you're okay, dude, man. Come yeah. On. And, and really, yeah, exactly. and all the people who didn't want to be on drugs on Skid Row, all of them had a roof over their head. Hmm. There's it, enough low-income housing. This is yeah. not, I'm going to be very clear about this. This is not a low-income housing problem. This is not a, oh, I lost my house in a flood problem. That, that's the narrative we hear more, and the mental health angle. Those are the narratives uh, that maybe your daughter was talking about is the typical story. And sorry, I interrupted, but... but uh, you, no, you're fine. Yeah, thank you. But, but you were about to say, uh, so it's not the I just lost my job or my house in a flood or something. No, it's, it's, I'm stuck on drugs, yeah. and I'd rather just stay on it, and I'd let drugs run my life. And when you do that, when you decide to let drugs run your life, your life no longer matters. And it was very frustrating for me, because you see articulate, smart people, and yeah. I'm not a black and white person, I'm a, I'm a, person of all color. You're able to see shades of gray. Right. And when I see an articulate person, I don't see an articulate black person. I don't see an articulate white person. I see. I see. I see a person. I'm a Christian. And, And I see a person and I just wanted to get so angry and grab them and say, why why can't you quit this addiction? And I know, I know how addiction can consume your life, but they just yeah. gave up to the to what they're 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 saying was they gave up to the man. Mm. It's, it's not an addiction that hit more tennis balls twelve to fourteen hours. Yeah, a day. fourteen <laughs> hours. Right. Yeah. right. Now, how well, how. How old are most of these people? I'm I'm curious to. Great question. What, what do you think the average age is? Would you say that they're younger than what you thought, older than what you thought? I mean, do people live? Uh, most of the people I saw, most of the people I saw were younger than me. I did see a number of people that were older than me. Interesting. Okay. You're, I'm guessing, uh, early fifties. I'm I'm a year younger than Craig. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So there's some people. Do they get health care if they you know want to go in and go to the hospital? Is there a place for them to get you know checked up if they need to? You know, if they have, have a, something go wrong with them, what do they do for, about that stuff, or they just don't do stuff? On Skid Row, it's easy. They just go into the emergency room and get taken care of. Okay. And they don't have to pay a dime. Okay, yeah. We have a Parkland, we have Parkland Hospital. That's kind of Here in Dallas, indigent yeah. care. That people can just walk in and, you know, they have babies or whatever. You know, there's people that... Don't have to pay. So if I if I can come across with anything from this conversation that means something of value is when we talk about the homeless, we shouldn't talk about the homeless, at least what I saw in Southern California. It's a drug problem. Okay. Yeah. It's not a homeless it's not, oh my house got flooded, I lost everything, I lost my job. Um 
It was. I have interviews that I have not posted, I, and I'm uh, um, I kind of holding back a little bit on it. That people are like, I'm homeless because I chose to do drugs. Right. That's the message that you're saying. They're they're concluding that for themselves on camera with you, honestly. Yeah. So, so what's next? Where, where, where are you going next with this thing? What, what do you, what do you, what are you? How long are you gonna be at home? Are you gonna, what are you heading back out? Are you gonna go somewhere different? Are you gonna hang maybe in Boulder, Colorado, and talk to those people? Are you going up there or or I, uh, Salt I Lake City? About Boulder, yeah. Um, and I've thought about going to San Francisco. Be interesting, yeah. Yeah. You see what's going uh, on up there. I want to find out if there's a different story than drugs. I was very disheartened in about how much drugs affected everything I saw. Interesting. Yeah, I, I would have because thought... Because that's not, that's not really a story to tell. It's yeah. not heartbreak. It's not... I mean, we, we do live in the richest, most generous nation in the world, if you absolutely. saw my opening video. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, if we saw people... Okay, I believe in God, family, country. Um, you, you, you take care of, of people in your world, and if we have American citizens that are starving, homeless, we're going to take care of them. I couldn't understand that. And now I understand that they don't really want to be taken care of. They just want to sit on the streets and get their $5 and get the next heroin hit. Hmm. And that floored me. Because then you have to look at the entire crisis from a different viewpoint and say, well, why are you, why are we letting them? Now, in Venice Beach and in uh, Santa Monica, they were stricter on it, but still there was places that you could set up a tent and you could still get your drugs. I mean, the drug people who sell drugs, they know where to go to sell the drugs, right? Right. They know where, they know where okay. Broadway is. Yeah. The buyers, yeah. Yeah, so if you say, okay, if you want to be in Venice and you want to be homeless, you want to put up a tent, you got to go down to Third and Rose. You can write that down, Third and Rose. You can Google it on Google Maps. You'll see yeah. what I'm talking about. Okay. Third and Rose, yeah. Third and Rose. Third and Rose. Venice Beach. Venice, California. Mm. Um, the drug people know how. They, they know they can go there and sell their heroin in, in minutes. Not, not even minutes. I, minutes would be an extension. It would be seconds. That's on the slow side. Hey, uh, you, you mentioned drugs. You mentioned um, not a lot of honor uh, with, uh, you know, sort of finders keepers. Uh, sort of, I guess you could call it uh, stealing. Did you see any uh, violent crime? Were you a, a party, party to any of that, or see any of that? No, no. I talked to ATL about it. There was a there was an incident that I, I okay. I haven't posted it yet. I I think I shared the pictures so that you guys could see. Yeah. There was two memorials for uh -huh. two girls that had died from heroin addiction oh. overdose on the street right there right there I saw the one with the RIP and the flowers candles yeah, there's another one uh -huh. I, maybe I didn't post it I don't know no you did I've, yeah. I've, seen, I've seen both of them yeah. there's two of them and those that died in the, the prior week prior to me getting there 
then there was a shooting the week before I got there. But I don't think those shootings are any way related to the homeless. I see. Hmm. I don't, to me, what I saw was um, within the homeless world, there's no such thing as violent crime. They don't have the ability. They I don't see. have the physical ability to have the strength. Yeah, it, it sounds like the energy, maybe from drugs, not sleeping, it, it even affects the power of their voice, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. Dude, I, uh, sorry, that was me going back to my homeless time. That's um, good, that's good. <laughs> that's right. I, I was never afraid, I was never afraid of being in a fight. Yeah. Well, I, you're... There's nobody I couldn't beat up in two seconds. Yeah, you I know, mean, you're... You've, people, Jim, you've got a huge serve. We're not, we're not worried about you, man. <laughs> no, but these people were... These people weren't into that kind of crime. They were more into, um, you know, if they were walking by and you left something out, yeah. well, that's open game. Yeah. Uh, but they, no, they, there's, there's no such thing as a gun on Skid Row. Physical confrontation wasn't there. It's just yeah. more sneaky, kind of backhanded when you're not looking. I, I don't even think, Craig, I don't even think it was sneaky. It was just, oh. I'm walking along, and you left something out, and I'm taking it. Yeah, that's, yeah, like, okay, that's open, I that's fair game. I don't think it's sneaky in any way whatsoever. Interesting, yeah. Well, that's, that's yeah, that's I mean, an interesting way yeah. to do things. Hey, you must not have wanted hey, it. You, you left it. you guys ever watched The Walking Dead? Yes. Oh, I remember that, yeah. Okay, this is not that far from it. it it's um, got that zombie feeling, or... Uh, well, they're just, they're just there. They're just... I'm not going to say they're not human beings because I'm a Christian and of I believe course. in human beings. Yeah, yeah, they're brothers and but sisters. But there was part of them that that you looked into their eyes and there was nothing there. That no empty, yeah, that, that empty no look, no smell. Empty, hopeless, and Hope. drugs have taken over my life, and I have no value, and all I want is for you to give me a dollar. And once you kind of got past the idea of you don't have to give them a dollar. And the ones that were, like, the girl Jennifer I told you about yeah. that was really pretty yeah. uh -huh. and she could have been a model on Vogue, same thing, you know, still caught up in drugs, so hooked on drugs, and you just want to go, you want to throw up the next time you ever see drugs. Yeah. I mean, if I ever see heroin in my life, I will probably puke and I'll beat the crap out of anyone I see with it. Did you ever because see it? Did you see what it? I've seen what I've seen, what it does, in a very short period of time, um, it just, it breaks your heart. Mm. Did you actually see people freebasing and doing heroin? And, no. So they're, no, they're they do, very, 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 very... Very cautious about that. They do that. Very, yeah, they don't even let you take your picture. Mm. No pictures, no, barely any no, recorded, no names. The picture yeah. I took was almost confidential. Yeah. Well, what was your nickname down on Skid Row? Yeah. Did you have a... Jim. Just Jim. Just Jim. You went with Jim. I did it really well, didn't I? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've developed these characters, Jim. I expected you to have one. But, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I feel like I know Jenny and uh, Larry and Joshua and uh, ATL. ATL. Hey, yeah. is ATL from Atlanta? Yes. Yeah. He sat me the most... Um, because I think him and T, T. Uh, there's a video that I actually tease, and uh, 
out of it. Jennifer could come out of it. Ben could come out of it. I did see a number of people who could come out of it. They just have to muster up the will to get off the drugs, to walk into detox, to get out of it for 10 days. Yeah. And then call their family and say, I, I'm out. I don't want to do this. Um, ATL, I mean, it, I have ATL on something like 12 hours of phone conversations that are on video. And um, I never really squared up with them and just said, well, I did. I actually did square up with him, and I said, you want out, don't you? And he did say, yes, he wants out. Incredible. So, so do these people have phones? Can you call, contact me? Can you, like, call? No. So, so you'd have to go back down there and go, come on, buddy, let's go. Get in the car Dude, with if me. They had, if they had a phone, they'd turn that in 10 bucks and yeah. two shots at heroin. I got yeah. you. But they can't, you can't say, hey, meet me over there at the payphone booth at 5 o'clock. I'm going to call and, you know. No, but I did CT. If I want to go back to Skid Row, uh, they told me I was welcome to come back, and I thought about going back to talk to them. Yeah, I mean, you've got, I wouldn't say unfinished business, but you've got some real friendships there. There are yeah. some people that you might have inspired hope in these people that if you go back, then all of a sudden, they, they, oh, this is some guy named Jim that just came down here for a couple of days, and then he's, he's out of here. I mean, that I, I'm just getting that, that vibe that these people, you know, you made a connection with, yeah. And I think if you went back, you know, you, you could you could help them even more. So, like, hey, man, I, I, I haven't forgotten about you. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I hope I hope I you hope go you to do. San Francisco. But I also, yeah. like Craig says, I hope you go back to Los Angeles because I I, I believe they've seen hope and uh, fruits in your eyes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, huh? you know, I, I, I've been torn between the two. Yeah. Um, and I'm not telling you what to do, but I just. I just think just as no, we're talking I, I, here. I know what you're saying. I, if, if, you know, I, I had it. One of the one of the ironic stories that happened with me and ATL and T was I had given ATL 20 bucks for helping me out on, um, on one of the days on Skid Row. And I gave him 20 bucks. Ten minutes later, T was on my ass that I needed to pay, pay rent to sleep on Camp Dead End. <laughs> Slimlord. <laughs> yeah. And That's my story. So I was in an argument with T about uh, paying him so that I could sleep on Camp Dead End. Well, then Jennifer shows up, and she goes up to ATL and says, Hey, I need some food. And I need a heroin hit. And ATL says, why don't you go talk to Jim? He's doing interviews with the homeless. Why don't you tell him your story? And I'll go take care of it. Yeah. And so I said, ATL, you go take care of Jennifer. I'll talk to Jennifer, and then I'll talk to Pete. So then ATL leaves. I talk to Jennifer. Jennifer bowls out. And she walks out in the middle of the interview because she needs a heroin hit. She's he got, comes up. He's trying to hit me up for forty bucks to sleep on the street. I'm like, gee, I, geez, I can go stay in a hotel. Uh, and then ATL comes up to me. He goes, "You got to give me twenty bucks to pay for Jennifer's heroin hit." And I'm like, "I'm not paying you for 
Jennifer's heroin hit. I don't even know her. <laughs> and uh, so we got in a big argument about that. I got a D yelling at me that I need to give him 40 bucks to stay yeah. on the street. And then this is my I got ATL, and I said, ATL, look, I'm not giving you 20 bucks for Jennifer's hit. Did you did you let them know that they're they're being the man in asking for rent? No, I didn't. You I did. didn't. The way you asked it, the only answer I can say to that is no, I did not. No. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm only half joking, but right. my, my next question, sort of the follow-up is, when, if you do go back, whether you go to San Francisco or, or back to Skid Row in Los Angeles, by the way, there's a Skid Row up in San Francisco, too, um, what would you do differently? I don't know that I'd do anything differently, because I went as an observer, uh-huh. and I tried to take my personal uh political bias out right um and just tried to record and watch i just showed my father tonight mm-hmm. um i had a recording i didn't even know i had of a conversation with me and t and atl that mm-hmm. went on for 10 minutes that apparently i hit the recording button on my iphone and there's a lot of cuss words in it by the way <laughs> hey, uh, it. but <laughs> it was just straight talk about living on the street yeah um it was just guys talking. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, Dad, I didn't even know I had this recording. I don't even remember taking it. But things were happening so fast. Um, you know, I was taking in so much information. So maybe I grabbed it on the phone and I said, record this. I, I don't know. But it was just so raw. Do you know what I mean by raw? Just Yeah. Visceral. Just, real. just guys talking. Yeah. About living on the street, where you know, and that was the, that's the kind of story that I'm still trying to absorb. And if I go back to San Francisco or go back to LA, I still want to have that same opinion. I don't want to walk in there with an agenda because once you walk in with an agenda, then all of a sudden you're going to choose and pick what you're going yep. to record and yeah, what you're going blown. to tell the world. Yeah. You want to have fresh eyes. You want to have two ears, one mouth, yeah. and just listen and record and just let them kind of tell their story. Do you think they enjoyed having you around? I mean, I'm just just thinking. Oh, that. I think they did. I think they did. I think there was, I, 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 just by my being there, there was a little bit of hope. Like, if this guy's here talking about us, then that means people are talking about us. That they didn't even, I, I guarantee you, nobody on Skid Row knows that people are talking about them. Yeah, they're just they're just trying to get by for the next hit. Much less know that uh, uh, Shop of Olive is playing Djokovic at the uh, 2019 <laughs> Paris, Paris Masters. Did, do they even talk about things outside going on? Do they know Trump's president? No. Do they know that? No, uh, their world is their world is five feet around them. Right. It's it's that simple. It, and drugs and, and, and drugs. I'd love to say their feet was tw- their world was twenty feet around them, but it's literally five feet around them. Yeah. You can't you can't understand it until you're actually there. Yeah. Their world is not like the six blocks of Skid Row. Their world is the five feet outside their tent. And trying to protect that turf and trying to get some some hits. Yeah. In the meantime. Yeah. Mm. And the well, only time that changes is when they're hungry. Yeah. And, and if you know anything about drug addiction, you don't get hungry all that often. Right. 
That's why they're so you skinny. Might say, yeah. a couple times a day, a couple times a week. That's why you they're. Have, you don't have to. If you're on drugs, you don't have to eat every day. Mm-hmm. And they're. Um, you know, this is not like Stalag 13 and a whole bunch of skinny people. These people are well fed. Yeah. That, so you know. where do they use the bathroom? I mean, like sanitation. Does anybody brush their teeth? Is, I mean, I, I'm sure if you're sitting there, if they don't brush their teeth for a few days, boy, that's hard to sit there and, yeah. and uh, talk to somebody. <laughs> okay. No, they don't brush their teeth. Okay. Um, they pee just outside their tent. And if they have to do number two, they just do it in a bucket with a plastic bag. I see. And then they, throw the, they wrap the plastic bag up and they throw it on the street and leave it for L.A. County to clean up. I see. Mm. Man, that's, and that's everybody, that regardless of any homeless camp. There's no there's no other choice. Right, okay. There's mm-hmm. not a choice. Like, when I had to go to the bathroom, I had to pack up a 55-pound tank pack. I had to pack everything up and go to McDonald's. Yep which was three blocks away yep. so that I could go to the restroom in a normal circumstance. I see, yeah. not on the street, not next to the tent. You weren't going to use the bucket right. and, the, and the plastic... Uh... No, I didn't use the bucket. I, yeah. I refrained from the bucket. Gotcha. Um, but it was... You, you wanted um, some civilization. It was... It, you know, um, and L.A. County was doing a really good job of trying to keep the streets clean. And I'll give them credit for that. Yeah. But people are paying for that. Right. Well, people don't understand it. Here, here's the only thing I'd say in this whole conversation is people are paying for them so that they can be drug addicts. Yes. And I saw that firsthand. I didn't see it secondhand. I didn't see it through a video. I actually was right there, and I gave ATL 20 bucks. I gave T $45 so I could sleep on his freaking street. And he turned that into drugs quicker than I could go behind my tent and take a piss. Yeah. By the time you said Jim you know, Sutter, he had 45 bucks worth of mm-hmm. heroin or, or whatever meth that he needed. I have no idea. All I know is he was out of money within five minutes. Mm. So, so and the they pe- don't drink alcohol, so... Right. Yeah. There's no 45, no... Uh, no. No. No slits. So, so did, did you see the drug guys kind of walking through there? Could you tell? Could you spot those people no, versus the? No, uh-huh. because yeah. the drug guy could be the same as the user. Ah. They, it was just one guy had enough to sell to another guy. Interesting. Okay, so it wasn't something. It, it would have to be organized in some way, but they got the drugs in there. Somebody on the the street got the drugs in there somehow, and then they just started passing them around, basically. Oh yeah, and, and, and it selling really fast. Like when I saw ATL. I, I was at the intersection of uh, 7th and something, mm-hmm. and ATL said, give me 20 bucks, I need a hit of mar- marijuana. Well, then I find out it wasn't marijuana, but uh, he was not gone for, I, I honestly crossed the intersection, and he had joined up with me by the time I got to the other side of the intersection, he had already bought his drugs. Really? That quick? One block. Wow. Minutes. No, 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 no. No, not a block. One yeah, less than a block. Crazy. Mm. Oh. And he just went, and then then I asked somebody, I said, well, ATL went and bought 20 bucks worth of marijuana. He goes, nobody buys 20 bucks worth of marijuana. He was buying something else. Hmm. So how do they know? He was buying heroin, 
for twenty bucks, you don't buy marijuana. You buy heroin. So do they, they so they know who each other, who the drug people are. Oh yeah, they, yeah. He knew exactly where to go. He knew where to be, and he went there real quick. Right. So like Adrian might be standing on the corner at seventh and whatever, and and ATL knows that Adrian, his buddy like Adrian, that, is, is the heroin the guy, guy. Yeah, or that right. guy's probably holding something that he wants. Yeah, and ten minutes later, ATL comes up to me. He goes, "Jim, can I borrow ten bucks to go to McDonald's?" I said, "No." No. He goes, "Well, can you pay me for tomorrow?" I said, "No." He goes, "Okay, can you loan me twenty bucks?" <laughs> yeah, he like he's framed getting, the conversation yeah, about three or four ways. There. That ten bucks. And I'm like, no. What, what, I'm like, like, no. You went. I said, I gave you twenty bucks ten minutes ago. Where'd he go? Well, I bought drugs. I'm like, well, sorry, that was your choice. Yeah. I'm not giving you 20 bucks to go to McDonald's. Because <laughs> McDonald's was like heaven for them. So that's like your kids. You, you're trying to you know, wean your kids off asking them, you know, or them asking you for money. Now you got these grown adults asking you for money all yeah. over the place. I mean, can you, can you walk like within, let's say, 100 yards? How many times? You're going to hit, get hit 10 times by people? Or are they just... Always I asking. Say, I wouldn't say ten times, but I would say you cannot walk a hundred yards without getting hit for money. Right. Period. Now, when I walk from Seventh and Metro, um, and I walk back into um, Skid Row, mm-hmm. I couldn't make it a hundred yards without getting hit by at least three or four people. Yeah, mm-hmm. way. That's amazing. That just—I'm still dumbfounded by this. I find it fascinating yeah, what you've what you've done, and you've told us in the last hour and yeah. twenty minutes. I mean, you, you've taken it's us been, on this journey that I find really fascinating because I don't know if I'd have the cojones to do it. Personally. It's been eye-opening for us, Jim. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, well, I'm really, I, I didn't think I had the cojones to do it until I got there, and then I was like, "Shit, why am I doing this?" No, I mean you've got a fascinating. Uh, I think the world needs to. I, I think the world needs to understand that it's a drug crisis more than it is a homeless problem. Yeah. And if that's 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 the one thing I want to share with the world is that that it's a drug problem. Mm-hmm. Now you you came up that's that's you found you found the the answer right there. So you it, it shouldn't be homeless. It should be drug something should Addictive. be drug. Yeah. It should be yeah, not a homeless shelter. Even though they're homeless, it's, it's some type of... Well, okay, Craig, don't misunderstand. The people in the homeless shelters are drug-free. Sure. Okay, the people on the street are doing drugs. Mm-hmm. Right. That, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. You know, the, the, so there's, two, there's a lot of different things working, but mostly at the crux of it is, is America's addiction to, to uh, drugs of some type, whether it's methane meth or, or heroin or whatever it is. It's not, right. it's not pot. There, it's not. There, there is a definite fine line between the people who are staying in the homeless shelters yes. and the people who are staying on the street. On the, the street people itself. in the homeless shelters are drug-free. They cannot be in the homeless shelters with oh, and be okay. on drugs. And so what, uh, what they what have you? to do urine tests and they, they just they're not allowed to be on drugs to be in the homeless shelters. So did you talk people to people on the street are on the street because they want to do drugs. So There's no gray area in there. Did you talk to any of those people in the shelters? Did you go? Yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah, I did. This one beautiful girl. Oh my god. Uh, she she was like 25 years old, um, and she was off of drugs for like two years, mm. and she was working really hard to you know keep a straight life. Uh, uh, didn't get her on camera, but 
is just drop dead gorgeous. You're like, you know, we have our preconceptions, right? Sure, of course. Absolutely. And you look at her and you go, why is this girl on the street? And um, um, we did get a chance to talk. She wasn't on the street. She had been on the street. She had been on the street since she was 18. So seven years. Yeah. And she'd been off the street. And uh, uh, she was working to get a normal life, a, a normal job. And she was in the shelter. She was in the shelter right next to where I was camped. So also, too, I'm interested also, too, these people, is there, are they involved in pornography in that industry as well? Is that? No. No? Okay, no. so that's not not even no. a relevant deal. So this is either homeless of some way or drugs, you know, and not. Yeah, yeah, these, yeah, on the street, it's, there's no guns, there's no, right. there's no violence in the situation that you would think of violence. Any violence that came to you on the street would come from somebody that wasn't. And outside, I see. Okay. Yeah, because I'm interested. Yeah, uh, I, I would think somebody might think that these people got into pornography and they they're homeless and they they're running away from you know a situation. But that's not necessarily the case, is what you're saying. No, no. That no, you, that, no, you came that, in, that might be a different level of. Right. I, I mean, obviously, we know there's people that are involved in that world that right. are doing drugs, but they still have a place to live. But that's not that's in no way what I saw. No, what you saw. Okay, yeah. I just because somebody might ask that question, and so I think that's it's a relevant question also too because there's sometimes people would would might think that oh well these people these girls are being sold into you know uh, no prostitution no. or that not kind of thing. Not on the street. Not, not on the street. Interesting. Okay. No. Good. Okay. Yeah, because it's... I thought this... Uh, okay, I'll let you go on this point. Uh, okay. When I was finally deciding to head, head back to Arizona, I sat on the train with this fairly pretty girl, and she smelled like rot gut, dead mice, and a sewer all wrapped in one. Oh, man. And she was yelling and screaming, and I finally figured out, someone's yelling and screaming, the best thing to do is not look at them. And so I just didn't look at her. And she got right in my ear. She got like two inches from my ear, and she said, you're a crazy, fucked up motherfucker, and she's yelling at me. And she smelled like like me on my worst day on a hunting trip <laughs> times ten. And I just, I never looked back at her, and she finally walked off to go somewhere else, and I'm like, oh my God, she's so screwed up on drugs. She had no idea she was yelling in my ear. What was she mad about? Or what'd she go off on, do you think? you know? Oh, I I think because when I sat in the chair across the way from her on the train that I didn't look at her. That was it. But she just flipped out. She just went berserk. Hmm. You, you didn't give her a buck, I guess, huh? No. Yeah. Well. No, but the buck's kind of stuck in my pocket after the first day. Uh-huh. <laughs> Everybody's looking for a buck. It's not, 20's great, Hamilton's great, but it's the uh, George Washington everybody's looking for, huh? Uh, you know, it's just just sad. If you, yeah. you know, I, I'd like to share our podcast after you guys get it edited. And I, I just want people to understand that... Um, it's it goes beyond a homeless crisis. It is 
a drug problem. And I, to witness it firsthand uh, just broke my heart. I mean, even the people you could have a normal conversation with yeah. and they could turn around and walk away and buy drugs within less than 60 seconds. Just, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's epic proportions, it sounds like. It doesn't sound like it's just an isolated situation. It's epic. No. And I bet you'll find, you're going to find that in San Francisco or Salt Lake City or Boulder, Colorado or, mm. you, know, um, you know, Pocatello, Idaho. Yeah. If there's that, that kind of situation, San Diego, it, it's, uh, um, I, I just, I can't fathom. I, I wouldn't, I had no preconceived notions when we started off this conversation, what, what you would say, where we were going. I, I didn't know it was that big. I, I, I didn't really understand the homeless situation. There's kind of different levels of homelessness and what's going really going on at I just thought I just lumped it all into one yeah. homeless situation and it's not necessarily so like you you know like so the garden variety person let's say that you know we live here in Dallas and we've got somebody that's on on the on the streets at the corner and says you know god bless you you know I'm hungry uh, you know can you can you spare a buck what do you think about those people are those are they looking for drugs as well you think or? I, I my guess is it's a 99 percentile that that money's turned into drugs almost within minutes almost hmm. within minutes so kind of and i'll tell you why there's so many ways to get food on the street you know i i ate my salmon packs in my ramen mills uh but uh, there is i when i went out on the street on uh, Skid Row, I ate far better than I ate in my tent. Hmm. Interesting. The food they served was, was quality, huh? Oh, shit. It was good stuff. You know, and I'm a pretty good cook. Yeah, your salmon packs even look pretty good. <laughs> Where'd you get those at? We're going to have to start check those out. Yeah. They did no, look good. Just go down the ramen aisle, the noodle aisle. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's that stuff. Yeah, it's prepackaged. Trust me, it's, it's 20 grams of protein per yeah. Meal, so yeah, protein, protein was key. Yeah, right. Um, Especially if you're how many? How many? No, um, the, these people never had to worry about food or water. If you take that off the and table, and I guarantee you, you hand somebody money that's on the street holding a sign. Ah, I lost my kids, or my kids can't. They don't have a shelter. I know a couple panhandlers that were really honest panhandlers. That. Um, that I became friends with, and they panhandled for like five days, and they were done. Hmm. They were just in the middle of fixing a car, needed money, got it, and got off the street. I saw in Denver, Colorado, the same person on the same intersection, a day in and day out. In Boulder, Colorado, I saw the same person on the same intersection, day in and day out. Same story, same just, mission. They were just getting... You know, I don't know if the drugs are the same in Boulder. Um, I haven't put a pack on and walked through the streets of Boulder like I did there. As soon as you put a pack on, all of a sudden you're part of the party. Right. You're, you're, you know, people talk to you different. When you have a tent and you're right there, all of a sudden you're you're part of them and they're willing to talk to you. And I was I was right in my assumption of I got to put a pack on, I got to put a tent up, and I got to sit in their world. Yep. And then all of a sudden, you, then all of a sudden, everyone's really honest. I, uh, I don't know if it's the same in Boulder. 
I don't know if it's the same in San Francisco, but I would bet there's parts of San Francisco that are the same. Yeah, it's got. I, I would think so. It sounds like the what what your experience. I bet you goes on in every city, USA, whether it's Dallas, Texas, or Phoenix, Arizona, yeah. or Los Angeles, California. Yeah, yeah. I, I bet you this yeah, story story plays if out. We want, if we want to wrap this up in one conversation or one little soundbite, if we talk about how do we solve the homeless problem, um, that's actually the last to, question. We yeah, have to admit it's a drug problem. Interesting. I, you know, I, I, I would, I would safely bet that in Boulder, Colorado, and San Francisco, still the same drug problem yeah. that you have on Skid Row thank, and on thank Santa you. Monica Beach. Thank you for that. I, my, my preconceptions were more on the mental health side and on the opportunity side. You yeah. too, huh? Yeah, that's what yeah. I was thinking. I was thinking that going in there because I, I had heard uh, Dr. Drew Pinsky yep. talking on. Uh, a show on like Friday or Thursday or Friday just kind of caught him and I was because I knew we were going to be talking to you so I, I became my, my radar went up really because yeah. he talked about homeless I went wait a minute what's he he was on maybe the Today Show or something and he's very critical of the government yes uh, but he didn't say really about Drake he was talking about it's a mental health issue yeah. more so than anything and you're saying Craig Craig yeah. Craig I'm going to be real clear with you I walked down the streets of Skid Row it was not mental health. That's right, and that's why that's where my point was going. Because you know, Doctor Pinsky, no, nothing personal against Doctor Drew Pinsky, but he he's not one of those guys. Huge I think respect. this is Doctor Jim Sutter right here. You know, you earned that doctorate by going out there on the streets. I don't know if he did or didn't. He might be reading a report and and people telling him second, third hand information. Yeah. I think first hand information is a lot more valuable, and I think you're you're, you're you've got the secret sauce right now on the thing. Uh, yeah, and if you have any questions, go back to my introductory video that I put on. And it's the only way to find out the, the truth of the problem is to go straight to the source. Well, um, tell tell us that tell us that site again, so people listening, you know, you've got a Facebook page. Do you have a regular uh, website that they can can view? When you go to theamericawewforgot.com. You can connect to the Facebook page that has all the videos, but all the videos are also posted on the AmericaWeForgot.com. But I think it's important for people to watch the introductory video at the AmericaWeForgot.com, where I say the only reason or the purpose of my trip was to go there and be there to walk within their shoes, to live with them in their camps so mm -hmm. that I can understand what they want to talk about directly instead of just going up and having a microphone and having an interview. I actually sat with these people. I, I bought the beer. I hate to say that. Yeah. Uh, I bought the pizza. Uh, but so that I could sit down and talk with them and, and understand their their crisis. And when I, when I did sit down with them, they were a lot more honest than before we were on camera. Trust. You built yeah, that trust. All of, a sudden, all of a sudden, they're like, yeah, you know what? You're right. I, I'm here because I'm on drugs. Mm -hmm. I had this guy, a total normal white guy. You know, you're looking at him going, well, you, you, you don't look like you belong on Skid Row. You're not, you're not black. You don't look like you belong here. He goes, yeah, I'm just here because of 
whatever. And then I get him on camera, and all of a sudden he says, well, I'm addicted to speed. Hmm. On camera. On camera. But it took until he got on camera to admit it. And that happened more than once. That's actually the opposite of what I would have guessed. Yeah, I thought he would have said, yeah. (laughs) Right? He wouldn't admit to it on camera. You expect people to hide things, but once they got on camera, all of a sudden they're like, okay, I want to tell my heart and soul. Right. And I got that, um, and I'm posting them, but I'm just being careful about how I post them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because these are people, and you don't want to do the wrong thing, and and, uh, uh, these, these are lives, these are human beings, these are... You know, you've, you've, you've been entrusted with a lot of information, personal information from these people. Right. So yeah. the America We Forgot, we'll get, we're going to link up the, um, we'll provide the Facebook page and the website for people to check out the videos in depth. This has been eye-opening and yeah. remarkable, Jim. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No, thank you, guys. I appreciate it for letting me uh, come on and talk about it. It's, uh, it's a very emotional experience. It's very good to share it with people and... Uh, especially with people in our world, Craig. Yes. Well, just you know, we live in such a bubble. I mean, yeah. the great—I call it the great game. Tennis has been a, a great uh, game. I'm sitting. We're sitting here at a country club in, in we're far north so Dallas. Blessed. I mean, we're just sitting here, and we've got plenty to eat, plenty to yeah. drink. I know you do too. You're wherever you are at this point. You're out of that situation. You've got a safety net. We've got a safety net. Really good. We, we think rationally. Uh, we've been very fortunate that we can hit a ball over the net better than some people, maybe not as good as others. But, you know, to be able to do what we do is, is pretty special. Yeah, it's, it's a great sport. Um, I think when I someone said, well, how do you want to die? I said, well, I want to die on a tennis court. <laughs> right. Not you know, on- just, just like, okay, I did my time. Now it's time to go to sleep, and I want to go go to sleep. Now for me, I want to go to sleep at the net because even though I was only five foot eight, I was actually a really good net player. <laughs> big serve, big volleyer. Yeah. I bet an awesome overhead too, Jim. And, and good hair. Oh my God, I was the king. He and and good hair. He had a mop of blonde hair. I just <laughs> yeah. remember this guy. It looked like uh, like the monkeys, you know, oh, you know back in it. the sixties. Like Peter know. Torque, maybe. Peter Torque, yeah, yeah the blonde that's, monkey. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, the love of the game. The love of the game. Love I, it, buddy. Just smacking balls and, and just having fun, getting the sweat in. Uh, did, did any? Did you even mention the word tennis? You know, to anybody? Did anybody no. say, say I used to do this no. or that? You, did you? You just didn't. This was just moments. They're just living by the the seat of their pants right there. There wasn't any like, man. What did you go to high school? Did you go to college? Oh, no, 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 no. Not in no. depth. You weren't in depth spitballing. No. No, it was just, it was, uh, here's a guy that wants to write a story about the homeless. Do you want to talk to him and share your story? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was that simple. And you probably had 20 minutes maybe max with people, 10 minutes, 5 minutes, an hour? Uh, you know, um, some guys, you ask the question, they ramble on for like 10 minutes. And that's why I need to do editing is okay. because they they went on for so long sometimes. And then, it didn't make and sense. I, you know, typically speaking, they weren't very short. They didn't. There was no yes or no answer to any question. It was ask a question, and they, they would just answer it. Well done, Jim. That yeah. sounds like how our uh, a few weeks ago we had a guest named Noah Rubin, and a lot of people have opened up to him. 
Um, the professional was, players. Yeah, this was in the ten- tennis realm. But uh, he explored mental health, addictions, and just what's your story. Um, and sounds like you are similarly gifted in getting folks to open up. That was great. Yeah, yeah. You're just willing to dive down a little deeper, you know, into the yeah. homeless homeless process, the drug problem, yeah. and exposing it now out here uh, on your Facebook page, our Facebook page, our mm-hmm. podcast. So, yeah, you're you're getting you know some good traction. I'll, I'll bet. And and Jim, don't you don't have to wait for our our producers to edit this and add the music and all that. Feel free to share this broadcast on Facebook Live too. You can yeah, I'll you can share that with all your folks. I will, I will, but I, I know from from my own experience on Facebook, and they, they want to get to meat potatoes. That's you know they want to see. That's why I've kind of created my my videos on my own is because mm-hmm. I didn't. People don't have to spend four hours walking with me down Skid Row to get a ten-minute video. Yeah, or a you can. Video. Yeah, you can edit that down. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, you know, I, I I tried to turn the experience of let's say a two-hour trip on Skid Row. I tried to turn that into five minutes. Got it. Right. Good stuff. And hopefully, I've done it. Um, um, I I don't think I'm done, but you know, I wanted, you know talking to you guys uh, all I can think about is tennis and it's like tennis makes you strong I don't care who you are I I grew up with Nick Volatari and I, I still remember walking out of the bedroom in the morning and Nick looking at me going did you make your bed? <laughs> Military <laughs> oh yeah no I'm not kidding Soder did you make your bed? I'm like uh, yes uh, sir let me go check yeah. I might have but I can't remember what does that have to do with tennis but it was all part of the same discipline of right. working really hard when I teach when I work with kids and I get a chance to work with kids and I, I, I don't ever teach for money I haven't taught for money in 25 years mm-hmm. but when I do get an opportunity to teach them I want to teach them um, it's about discipline it's about working hard it's about independence it's about you know you're going to be out on that court all by yourself there's not going to be anybody to help you so the only way you can help yourself is to train as hard as you can right now Mm. you know that's what I loved about the sport I mean definitely I think we all enjoy enjoy that aspect of uh, hitting that nice clean shot whether it's at the net like you and I yeah. or Adrian probably at the baseline. I, I'm, I'm a little bit everywhere. I, I enjoy the net, too. Yeah. Certainly enjoy the at the net podcast. This right. has been awesome tonight, folks. Yeah. No, so, so, Craig, Craig, off the record, you don't know this story. Um, so, so I sent you the Big Sky Championship after I went to Montana State. Right. And I wasn't playing very well. And do you, do you remember a guy named Todd DeVries? Yeah, I remember his name. Sure. You know, very good player. Yeah. Really good. And Todd comes up to me and goes, I made an announcement that I was going to win the Big Sky Championship. <laughs> Todd said that or you said I that? I was playing like shit. <laughs> you called it though, huh? Right. Yeah, and so Todd comes up to me and goes, well, okay, Jim, exactly how are you going to win this when you're playing like crap? <laughs> and I said, well, the only way I can figure it out is, I'll just go to the net, and if anyone tries to lob me, I'll slam it down their throat. <laughs> Good. And he goes, well, you mean on your serve. And I said, well, I, I was the serving volleyer from, you 
know, all the time. I was like, no, no, Todd, I'm going to return in Bali. And he goes, you're going to do what? I said, I'm going to take all the serves on a half volley, and I'm going to come in, and I'm going to volley and wait for them to lob, and I'm going to hit the biggest overhead they ever saw in their life. And he goes, you're freaking crazy. <laughs> and so who do I play the first round of Big Sky? Todd Freeze. I know. I play Weaver State. Oh. Did you play Jonas? No, I played um, some other guy. Jonas was playing number one. I was playing number two. It wasn't Sturmo at that time, like Rod Horton or somebody like that? Yeah, not Rod. Rod retired. Rod was a senior when you were there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, gosh, I'm trying to think who that it was. It was a younger guy, but he was really good. He beat me three times. Uh, no, he beat me twice. And so I go up. And so I take every single serve on a half volley. And move forward? Which looks like total suicide, right? Yeah, you, you invented what Roger and Nick do now, the exactly. saber. Yeah. So, <laughs> only so 30 like, years prior. After like four or five games of him serving and me coming in on every serve and taking it on the half volley, like if for all, he misses two passing shots. So I win the set 6-4. Excellent. So we go into the next set, and... Todd comes up to me and goes, are you going to keep doing that? I was like, hell yeah. Right. Why not? <laughs> so I keep doing it, and I don't win like a point on his serve, and we get to five all. And all of a sudden, he misses four passing shots. And you, you've broken. You right. Just, you just... So, so Keith Cox makes this major announcement. That's the Weaver State coach, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Keith Cox makes this major announcement. He goes, well, whoever's going to win number two singles is not going to win it undefeated. Huh. <laughs> and he said that after my first win yeah. against him. Right. So so the irony was I figured uh, I'll just continue taking every server off the half bounce. I mean, right or left, I didn't care. I was coming in off the biggest, weakest approach shots, but I was scaring the crap out of people. I guess. So, so I go... I go to the last day, I've won six matches, I go into the final match, and my legs are just as tired as you can possibly imagine, right? Let me tell Adrian, what preface this, because you play two matches on Thursday, two matches on Friday, Friday two matches two on matches. Saturday, and one match on Sunday. We, wow. we had eight yeah. teams in the big sky, and these were plus singles doubles, and doubles plus, doubles, plus doubles. So your conference Four. tournament is, is pretty oh, intense. It's, yeah. yeah. Where, where were you playing? Was it in Boise? Where were you playing at? It was in Boise. Okay. So I played this kid, and he is talented as hell. And, like, we go into the first couple games, you know, I do my serve volley thing, and I win my serves. And I'm doing my take his serve off the half volley. And we get to, like, three all. And he comes up to the net, and he waves at me. You come up to the net with him. And he goes, like, come up. So yeah. he goes, he, he, he was really funny. He goes, so if you lose, you're still winning number two singles, right? And I said, yeah. He goes, so if you win, you're still winning number two singles, right? <laughs> and I go, yeah. yeah. He goes, let's get off this court. I'm tired. <laughs> Either way, you had it won. Yeah. And he turned Sorry. in the score. He turned in a score. He lost 3 6 3 6. <laughs> Really? No kidding. He goes, he, he so goes, he went undefeated. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. That's, that's no, a, it's a funny story. So so the end of the story, Craig, oh, there's more. was um, Keith had, had made this announcement in 
that whoever wins number two singles was going to not be undefeated. Right. They, he made an announcement because he was trying to predict my loss. Cause right. Keith and, Keith and I had a running into after my freshman year. So that is surprising. The announcer at the end comes up and says, and then winner of the number two singles, Jim Sutter from Montana State, undefeated. And they handed me the trophy. And I walked up to Keith Cox because everybody knew mm-hmm. he had said this. Right. And I hold the, I hold the trophy like two inches from his face. Right there. Right, he's there. There's like a hundred kids. They just went freaking crazy. <laughs> they thought, man, I have balls from, from Venus. Well, what, what did Coach Poach Peach, what, what did uh, uh, Jerry Peach do? He go, Jim, get over here. Come Peach on. He just smiled. Peach just crossed his arms and just smiled and Keith Cox actually was pretty mature about it. He he kind of nodded his head like, I deserve that. <laughs> yep, you, you have every right to do that. Yeah. yeah, and I walked away from Montana State as the all-time winningest player. That's pretty good. And uh, ranked top 50 in the nation in doubles. So, I, you know, after I, – I the only thing, Craig, and this is off the record – between me and you, the only thing Keith didn't understand, I had come to Weaver State after leaving Voluntaries, and I had come, and I was in a world I just didn't understand. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, Different. I had been in a boarding school for four years. Um, everything we ever did was monitored, taken care of, everything, you know, we, we even took a piss in an order by how we got to our room. And I got to Weber State, and I was just really confused about everything. Um, Total freedom. Do whatever you want. Just be here. Yeah, I didn't understand what, what are you supposed to do with this freedom. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, he passed away, what, now, 10 years ago uh, now? Yeah, it's been it's maybe 15. It's been a while. It's been a number of years. He's he's been gone. Yeah, he was mm-hmm. he, he was uh, a character. Let's put it that Coach, way. Yeah. Oh yeah, there, there are some other stories. We, I won't go into those. It, once the recording stops, then I'll yeah, tell, yeah, I'll tell Adrian a few day. other ones. Yeah, you, got, you, uh, you, you don't know a couple of other ones that we we did uh, before you got there. You you'd die laughing what we did uh, on some other other stories, and I I won't repeat those because. <laughs> <laughs> Another day, maybe maybe episode seventeen if we do chilling and grilling. Uh, they're in, they're in the vault. You're gonna have to get me drunk to tell those. That's, right. That's and I don't happening. drink anymore. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll I'll go to the grave, uh, but I'll tell fun. those off air. Like I said, I understand off the power air. of social media and the media because that's, we're part of it. And uh, yeah. it, it, there are people out there that uh, we'll just say we had a good time, Jim. We just, we just all had going down to Vegas. Going down to Phoenix, going to Hawaii, Mexico. going to Mexico—that's another story. Yes, that uh, almost—I uh, was, I was about to kill a couple of people for for uh, getting me almost thrown in jail. You know, and uh, well, do you remember? Do you remember when we went down to Nogales yeah. and we were drinking uh, um, uh, 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 Coronas yes. for ten cents? Yes, over there in Nogales, New Mexico. Yes, I remember that absolutely. And then, and then we were coming back to the border and. Yeah. Australia? That was Neil Mattingly. Neil Mattingly. Yeah. And remember the uh, the border patrolman sticks his head in and you yes. were driving. Yes, yes. And, oh, yeah. and he goes, is anyone here not from the U.S.? That's and Jonas correct. And kept his mouth shut. Yes. And Neil says, I'm from Australia. 
If Border Patrolman goes, gets all pissed off, do you remember that? Yes, because I had a decision to make because I knew kind of what was coming. And I, and I told the story. We had a reunion a few years ago, and I, and I got up in front of everybody, and I said, because uh, Keith had told us the, the last thing that one of his, one of his sons was be, Aaron or one of them was being born. So the backstory is he goes, Craig, do not go to Nogales. Craig, do not go to Nogales. Because he had to go see his birth of his son. Uh, he took off and left me with the team. And I was just barely old, older than these guys, maybe a couple of years. And he goes, Craig, about ten times. Anywhere he, but Nogales. No he goes, don't let them talk you into going to Nogales. And these numbskulls talked me into going to Nogales. And then all of a sudden, this is a Friday night. Uh, we're, we're in an Olympic year in 1984, and we're com- we, we got down there okay. We were coming back, and there was the, the checkpoint to get back into the U.S. Mm-hmm. And I go, hey, does everybody have their their, uh, their license or papers? Yeah. And they go, passport. Oh, no, we left those back in the hotel. I go, gosh, dang it. I go, and then Neil, you know, like that. So I was sitting there, and Jeff, Jeff Robinson was in the passenger seat, and I was sitting there talking to him for a second going, all right, do I tell the INS people, the, the guard, okay, yeah, everybody's you know, American, American yeah. and we move on, or do we do the right thing? Yeah, and, engage in the in Yes, the and then process. Neil opened up his mouth faster than what I, I could say. I remember that, man. He, Neil's like, I'm from Australia, yeah. and, and the, uh, the Border Patrolman sticks his head in the window yeah. and goes, don't say that out loud. Yeah, and he said, and then, remember, we, we, we had to go over to the, they have a big trailer out there, and we, they had to call school. And, and so Friday night at 9 o'clock, there's not, there's not going to be anybody at the school Administration building. Administration. No, is, there's yeah, not going to be anybody own. around. And I was sitting there talking to the guy, and I go, look, we're a tennis team. We're from Weaver State. We had the Weaver band. Yeah. You know, I go, these are just some boys and girls. I'm the coach. And we just went down to Nogales for a couple of minutes, and we, nothing happened. But this was 1984, the, the year of the Olympics. Russia was getting banned. Yeah. And so it was like... Not it, we were had a wall, but not really. It wasn't a physical wall. It was more of a mental wall. And I was like, "Gosh, dang it! I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Coach is gonna get mad at me because the last thing I heard on his shoulder was, you know, he's sitting there talking to me. Craig, no, no don't Gallus. go to the gallows. No. And, and we'd have to call him. And he goes, "Where are you?" And 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 well, we're at the checkpoint at the gallows. I knew I was gonna have to say that. Ouch! Uh, I never told him that. I never. And th- so they let us go. I talked this out of. Thank God. Oh my God! I was like, we sat there for about thirty minutes, if you recall. And I was like, I I, you know, I don't recall you putting up a whole big fight about us going into gallows. <laughs> I did too. You know, come on. You know, I was like. But I just remember, I, I, I wanted I to go, but I just remember. Was, you know, I don't remember, was Eric Sturmo with us or not? Yes, yes, Sturmo was with us, That's Jonas, Anna, yeah. It, it, there wasn't yeah. a lot of arm twisting that, that had to take place. I, I kind of, there was a, a light, slight, uh, you know, because I wanted to go. Yeah. And, but I just remember Keith going, what's going to happen? I go, Okay. Nothing. Okay. No. Yeah. because yeah, Keith wasn't with us because his son was being born, so he had to fly back yeah. up to Ogden. And, Is that uh, what it was? I that's that's what it was. Yeah, it was it, birth reason. of one of his kids, and he was dry. He he had to fly back really quick, and that's what put me in charge of the the inmates. You know. Now, 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 Craig, did you go to Hawaii with us? Yeah. Oh yeah, I went. Yeah, that was fun too. Oh yeah. Oh, I. You don't know this story, but I got to tell you this. Um, Neil Mattingly. Neil Mattingly. Neil Mattingly. Yeah. Okay. So Neil and I 
being total white guys, right? Yep. We go to a bar in uh, Honolulu, and uh, apparently a lot of white guys are not really welcome in a bar in Honolulu <laughs> in 1984. <laughs> I didn't know that. And so we were kind of getting chastised to get out, but we had been driving these mopeds yes. that we had rented, and we right. were kind of drunk. Right. Okay, so then we had gotten a, oh, Neil had gotten pissed off at Eric's thermo. Uh, Eric had said something, being Eric, you know, it's just Eric. Yeah, that's just Eric, yeah. Uh, and so we had left and gone to this bar, and then we decided, okay, we're all supposed to meet at Hunama Bay. Now, who was yes. the Rod Horton's doubles partner? That was Bill Collins. He was a handsome kid. Yeah. <clears throat> nicest kid in the world, right? Yep, yep, yep. yep. I mean, just a total gentleman. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, he always treated me really well when I was a mm -hmm. freshman. Uh, so anyway, so we decided we're going to go and catch up with everybody at Hunama Bay. Yeah, because we, we had taken... Because we, we got we got the day off the next day, and Coach goes because we all rented mopeds, and we all said, right. we all said let's go sleep on Hanama Bay, which was totally illegal because it said that you cannot sleep on there. But we were like, eh, let's go do it anyway. Who cares? Okay. So, so you guys were you behind us. That, you don't know this part of the story. No, I don't. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so you got to hear this because this is funny as hell. So Neil and I come down. You remember how that road gets really steep going down? Oh yeah. Absolutely, yeah, it was it was really it's steep. really steep as you go down into Hunama Bay. This is in Hawaii, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, so it's pitch dark. Yeah, I remember we that. We didn't see our hand in front of our face. So we can't tell where everyone's camped. Mm -hmm. So we drive our little mopeds up the beach with no idea where we're going, <laughs> right? And no lights. <laughs> no lights. So we find a little place to freaking fall asleep in the sand. We wake up the next morning, Neil and I, and our tire tracks were literally six inches from everybody's head. <laughs> oh, wow, you rode right past us? Uh-huh. I didn't Where know that. Where everybody's sleeping. Right. We literally, and Neil and I were like, okay, we don't want to tell anyone these are our tire tracks because we'd woke up early. <laughs> And it was so beautiful. I don't know oh. if you remember that morning. Yes. I remember oh, yeah. it like it was yesterday. Yep. Yeah. And the waves were coming in yep. to yep. Hanama Bay. And yeah, we went out swimming. I think we all woke up. We all went out swimming in the, yeah, in the ocean. What it a was great way to wake up. Like, oh, yeah. Just don't talk about the tire tracks. Just don't <laughs> talk about the tire tracks. <laughs> well, I, remember, I remember that later that day we went over and we rode our mopeds on the highway over to Pearl Harbor. I mean, we were on yeah. the highway. Yes, about, I remember that. About eight of us riding mopeds. Little mopeds. <laughs> Going across, uh, oh, across the highway, which was probably totally illegal too. But mm. you know, the whole tennis boys. I don't think the girls did, but I think all of us boys. We, we were, we we were tearing it up, and we we had a great time. I mean, it was. Oh my God, that was like the funnest week. The the only, the, the most boring part about that trip was watching Eric Sturmo play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's no, always doing three sets. Do you remember he could sit there and hit a lot like? Yes. 45 times in a row in one point. Girls 12. It was Girls 12's lob. He'd always go three Ooh. sets. Oh, yeah. yeah he, he could drive no, your nuts. I, I'm not kidding. He could actually sit there and stand 15 feet behind the baseline and hit a lob. He had, he had unbelievable. I saw him hit a top spin lob over a guy serving 
we were in Phoenix the year before when I played doubles when I wasn't a graduate assistant. He had a top spin lob return a serve over a guy that served and volleyed in doubles doubles match. And I was going, it was the damnedest shot I've ever seen. He, and he and the the guy ran in. The guy's and, in the mid court. And he goes like that. And he goes, it goes right over his head. And I was okay. like, it was a backhand. I was like, he, he didn't have a forehand, but he had yeah. an unbelievable backhand. Two-hander, yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. And I was like, that was pretty. He damn. played with those Volko rackets. Yeah. Yes, he did. Yeah, those white, those white rackets. Yeah, mm. yeah. He was, he was, uh, he was good. Yeah, that was. You know, I was his roommate, don't you? No, I didn't know that. Huh? No, we. Oh, yeah. That we, was that was hell. <laughs> he was a character. Let's put it that way. Oh yeah. yeah and we, he had that really wonderful girlfriend. What yeah. was her name? Uh, Jean, the lady that he married. Was, yeah. Yeah, Jean. And yeah. She was just super, and you're like, why are you with this guy? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they got married. I was in his wedding, and and they got oh, wow. married. They ended up getting a divorce uh, many years later. They had, they had kids, and they had two kids. But uh, he lives. She lives in Tucson. I think Jean still lives in Tucson. She, yeah, she was a really nice person, just a quality person, a, a gal from Long Island. Oh yeah, well, yeah, yeah really. Yeah. Not, and I have no clue how she got out to Weber State from Long Island. That's a long way to go. A long way. Yeah, but. Uh, was yeah. she a tennis player? No, no. She met us. She was in the dorm. She had met us in the dorms when, when we left at. Uh, uh, promontory tower, that big ten-story building. We lived. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's she well, met us in there. I remember it because of the uh, connection of the uh, Transcontinental Railroad. Yeah. Yep, Promontory, yep. the Continental yep. Divide. That's it. The, yeah, it was Promontory the Tower, east and the west. Yep. That gold spike, right, right out there, yep. just uh, a few, you know, a few miles just west of uh, Ogden. Ogden, yeah, yeah. It was Promontory. See, uh, point. see, for me, it was an experience of getting out of uh, volunteers. Yes. Yes, that you know, was. I lived in that world, but then I went back there. You don't know this, but I went hmm. back there for two years. Oh, did you back to Ogden? I went oh, back to Volunteers. Back to oh, back to Volunteers. Back ah, to Nick's no, as a player or as a coach. As a teacher. Gotcha. Interesting. Interesting. So yeah, I loved every second of it. I mean, it was. Uh, we worked eleven hours a day. Uh, we got paid two hundred and fifty bucks a week, but I got to train the same kids that I was one of and I loved every second of it I mean I spoke Spanish like 90% of the time interesting so you all play Espanol then huh yeah I still do I I have to be around it a little bit to to pick it up but um, so so I'm going to go up to Nikki B and go hey you know my buddy Jimmy Sutter remember Sutter (laughs) I'm sure he will (laughs) Jim Sutter I remember that guy I tell you Craig (laughs) Yeah, he. So I, so I ran into Rod Horton a few years back. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you keep in touch with him? Oh yeah, yeah, Rocket Rod. Oh yeah, yeah. So. He was he was teaching in Salt Lake. Yeah. He looked like not a day older than when he was in college. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Some of these guys aged really well. Some of I our. Like, some of I lost our, all my hair. I grew all this great beard. He, I'm like. Wow. He, he had good hair. He had blonde yeah. hair, kind of that blondish brownish yeah. hair. Yeah, Jim had a lot of that. Yeah, you know the picture in in the yeah. in my office. Yeah, but that that picture of us up in at Boise when we won the Big Sky still sits in my office right behind me. That uh, you guys, we were standing there with. Uh, you were right above me, I think. You were standing right. Yeah, above. I was right above you on your right shoulder. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're still still there. That was just a fun time. And I've got some other pictures. I have a picture of us on the booze cruise. We, we there was a cruise that. Uh, uh, I remember we could go drinking. Remember that? You remember we, it was like two hours and we could eat and float around Honolulu. Oh, yeah. that's incredible. Oh, yeah. The booze cruise. They call it the booze did cruise. You, did you ever uh, see the girl I met there? No. Uh, no, I didn't. Uh, 
No idea. Oh, my God. She was like a rock star. Yeah, in Hawaii, huh? Yeah. Hmm. No, it didn't. See- yeah, she was like a rock star, and she was all over me like stink on shit. <laughs> I, I, I wonder why I never stayed there. I, I really liked Honolulu. Remember yeah. that tennis facility that was just... I think we went over there and practiced kind of in a public park over by Waikiki. That was yeah. really nice. Uh, I think we did. Was that the the one where we saw the Honolulu Marathon and we went over and watched yeah. uh, some people yeah. come in about ten? And, we were still on, no, we were on mopeds when we saw the Honolulu Marathon. Okay, yeah, and it seemed when, we had to wait. If you remember, we were on the mopeds and we had yeah. to wait for that's them right. to leave. That's right. That's right. That's that's correct. I do remember that. And I remember this guy, he had no legs, and he, he did the marathon all on, on his, he had leather about where his knees were. He had a bunch of leather and uh, put over his knees as protection, and he just used his arms and did 26.2 miles on his knees, basically. I was like, do you remember that? I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, I do. He I came do. in about 10 o'clock at night. It was about, <clears throat> I think they'd started like at, you know, 8 in the morning or whatever. He, it took him 14 hours to do that. But I, that was one of the most inspirational things. I was like, if that guy can run, do that, I can do anything. I mean, it was unbelievable. It's, what, it's amazing I just, to see this. I just recall that guy. But, yeah, that was a fun trip. Yeah, Jim Jim and the gang, we, we had we had a lot of fun on uh, on those those trips. That We had a really good time uh I miss those times. The college life was was a lot oh, of fun. So, love it. Jim Sutter was here. We, we've taken too much of your time, Jimbo. You know we. No, you know, you're fine. You're fine. No. Um, I just wanted to bring that up, just reminisce a little bit about oh, yeah. some of the good times that I did have at Weaver State. That was, um, if if I could have turned the clock back, back in those days, you know, I was a better tennis player than Keith Cox saw. Yes. I think you were. I think you were really good. I don't know and, what what his deal was sometimes about people. I mean, it really was. Well, my 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 heart wasn't really into it, and I really wanted Keith. I, there's times I looked at Keith like, help me get out of being a voluntary student. Help me be college tennis player. And um, uh, you know, he just didn't understand what I was going through because I had been living this life where. All you did was tennis. We didn't have college. We didn't have girls. We didn't have all the stuff that was going on. And Keith Cox didn't understand that was all going through my head all the time. So how'd you how'd you get to to Utah from Volunteers? What what's that story? Just real quick. Well, we got recruited by a number of colleges. I had sent out a bunch of letters, and I got recruited by oh my God, I should have gone. Uh, Middle Tennessee State, mm-hmm. Murfreesboro, yeah, Tennessee, Tennessee yep. sure. MTSU, okay. I remember. Yep. Girls you cannot even dream of. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like, porn sites would kill for these girls. They were, um, and they were plentiful, probably. I went on a freshman recruit for three days. Yeah. I didn't want to go back to volunteers. Hmm. You had you a know, good time. just unbelievable. Then I went to... Uh, University of Nebraska. Okay. And, and that, those guys were good. But they did they did they didn't have the women that Middle Tennessee. No. <laughs> no. They they were like all they had the corn cob haircut. <laughs> you know. But they were the uh, corn Everything was perfect. Yeah. I went to uh, Air Force Academy. Now that was pretty nice. Colorado. Yeah. Uh, that was top notch. Those guys are first class. Yes. Those guys were unbelievable. Yes. I mean they were total professionals. Yes. 
they're like, I'm going to go kill somebody in my airplane. Yes. But until then, I got to play tennis. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They were like they Top Gun. Ser- they were serious, dude. Yeah. And then I got a letter from Keith Cox out of nowhere. Then there's saying, Weaver State. <laughs> Come to Ogden, play for for Weaver State. I'll give you a full ride. And, you're and like, I figured it was close to home. Yep, you jumped on. It was only five on. hours from home, six hours from home. And I had been away from home for a long time. Uh, you know, I was born in Casper, raised in Casper, Wyoming. And so I was only six hours, five hours from Ogden. So I thought, well, you know what? I'm not going to play professional tennis, so I might as well go closer to home. Mm-hmm. And that's how I just accepted it straight out. Never met him. Never went on a recruiting trip. Nothing. Well, Jim, we're sure glad you did. It's, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Our life's a lot better as a result, and and uh, you know you, what you're doing right now is a fascinating look into uh, life. Uh, you're a good man, Charlie Brown, as the old saying goes. You know, for for doing that, there's never anything wrong with uh, helping out humanity or helping us understand a little bit better of what what this big uh, giant uh, orb's all about. You know, because mm-hmm. it's it's a crazy world out there sometimes and some of these people however they got into their situations you know i think it's it's good to to understand the how and the why about about this because like i said you know a couple hours ago i didn't have really any preconceived notions but i didn't really know what you were going to say and and you know we're here two hours later really uh, still still going at it so i mean we we always go we want to go for an hour you know we try to and i and i we fail miserably we We, fail yes we we double it yeah and People tell us that, but we're like, hey, you know, it's hard to it's hard to knock people off when they're going. And you, you have a really compelling story. And we'd like to no come back when you get through at some point. We'd like to talk with you again. Yeah, yeah we'll do a follow up okay. show yeah, we'd like when you're do done with again. the whole journey. Yeah, because we, we want to well, know. Let's, let's do it, and we'll keep out all the other conversation. But no, I appreciate yeah. it. Uh, uh, people need to hear what what it's like on. Like on the street, it's just it's it's harder than you could imagine, um, and uh, it's different than what people perceive. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that I I, I have no clue. I'm I'm a middle aged white guy, you know, from North Dallas, Texas, and I I, I don't really have an idea of, of what you've even witnessed. I mean, I I can kind of imagine to some degree, but like I said, I just don't know if I would. Would have the cojones to do that. I mean, like I said, good on you, as the, yeah. as the Aussies say. To, so glad you did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because it's. Uh, I mean, just even the snippet for ten days of, of what you've done. You know, you, you know, it, it's intense. It sounds like it's very. Uh, um, you know, it can be. Uh, I wouldn't say dangerous, but it can be like I said, intense. You know, thinking, trying to just exist, trying to live, uh, be a part of whatever that is, and. and you know, good thing it didn't suck you into the vortex because it, you know, it sounds like, you know, you, you could people could get sucked in really fast if they didn't watch out. Right. Well, I appreciate it. Um, I actually went in there knowing to make sure I kept myself from going into the vortex, so I was kind of so protected on that. Good. Right. Yeah. He didn't. Um, you didn't want to, to do the uh, experimental portion also, too. There's only... No, no, I didn't do any drugs or any alcohol sure, the entire thanks. time yeah. on the trip. Man, yeah. I wasn't touching any of that. Yeah. No way. No yeah, way. You, uh, there's no need to do that, that's for sure, because you can kind of see the, 
what what the the uh, the effects yeah, right? yeah yeah the effects the, the end results are is that uh, it's it's not going to be good and those people are going to live a life typically uh, probably ninety nine point nine of them can't get out of that that vortex it's too there's too far too far in there there is a solution Craig yeah and that's get rid of the drugs right right you know if we're going to spend that kind of money to feed them we're going to spend that kind of money to clean up the roads. Why not spend money to stop the drugs? Yep. Mm-hmm. And then let them understand. You know, you got to wake up in the morning. You got to go to work. That's a, that's all there is to it. Come on. There's a job for everybody in this nation. There's a job waiting for them. And there are people out there. It to... may not pay a whole lot, but it'll get them off the street. Yeah. Yep. And, and they're they're there for every, anybody that wants help. Yeah, I, I agree. So, you know, All right, guys. Yeah. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah. well, take care. Jim, big Good thanks, and ha- have a wonderful sleep. Have a great night, yes. and God bless you, buddy. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, Jim. Take and, care. and We'll be back in touch. Trust us. Thank you. All right. Good night. Well, very impactful, wasn't it? That oh, was, that man, was meaningful, a, remark- yeah. Yeah, remarkable purpose. Yeah. yeah. yeah it, it was a lot of fun, yeah, a lot of... Uh, um, yeah, like I said, I didn't know where the conversation was going. You know, we never know. You know, we, we have kind of a script. You know, we, I'm sure people see us see our notes on Facebook Live if they yeah. want to no. see what's going on. But I mean, that's that kind of stuff is, uh, uh, you know, we let him go. You know, really, probably other than just the tennis portion, maybe 20 minutes. That was probably, you know, two hours of quality. You know, heartfelt. Uh, you know, uh, good stuff. Good really, stuff. really deep. Good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Soul searching, you know, really yeah. uh, what, uh, you know, interesting that uh, he came back home. I didn't even know he came back home. I thought, yeah. he, I thought we'd be talking. I thought he might still be over on the streets. In California. Yeah. 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 Just uh, got back. Yeah. But it is, it's got to be tough. And it's got, like what he said, he was trying to do some, some more editing and doing some things so he could get, because it's not easy to uh, live amongst them and, and do your, do your work like you want to get it now. He there. needs to get some sleep. He yeah. needs to get the, all the editing done. We'll post a link. Yeah. Uh, for you all, mm-hmm. and uh, looks like we got some comments up there. You know, sorry we didn't get to everybody's comments. Yeah, we can't see them from here. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're, we'll have another. We'll get another uh, device here so we can see mm-hmm. what. Uh, even can, even with the glasses, we can't we, we can't uh, see that far. Yeah. Well, the cameras over there. Let's go ahead and let's call it a wrap. Uh, so thanks for listening to season one. This is episode sixteen. Sixteen. I said fifteen. Yeah, I meant sixteen of At the Net podcast. Be sure to tell. A friend or friends, as we like your peeps, and hopefully they'll like us. You know? Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, and that's the news as it seems to us from Dallas, Texas, right? Good night, everybody. Thank Good you. Night. God bless, Ron. God bless. All right. See you later.